0: Our devotion this morning is based on the words of the Seventh Commandment and its explanation from the small catechism. You have it printed in your bulletin, and let us say this together. You shall not steal. And what does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not take our neighbor's money or goods, nor get them in any dishonest way, but help him to improve and protect his goods and means of making a living. You may be seated. Dear fellow redeemed in Christ, the seventh commandment is about the blessings of material things, money or goods, your own and those of others, and what you do about them. So let's look at this. Now the law of God is the diagnostic tool for the discovery of sin in your life. The law, when you meditate upon it, will show more of your failings than you can imagine if you otherwise hear the law only as it barely skims over your life. A slower and more concentrated hearing of God's law takes a deep dive into our lives, into our very thoughts, revealing more than we probably want to know. The law is not a pleasant read, not because God's law is not perfect, for it is, but because of what it shows as it turns over the rocks in our lives, showing what really lives within our hearts. One tool the Christian church has used through the years for this diagnostic work of God's law is called a Beit Spiegel, an individual's guide for the examination of one's conscience before going to confession. This personal examination includes questions for each of the Ten Commandments. And here are examples of some of the questions that you may ask yourself in relation to our topic today, the Seventh Commandment, you shall not steal. And of course there are many other questions that could be added here, but here are a few. Have I been discontent with what God has or has not given me? Have I approved of stealing in certain situations, perhaps if my neighbor stole from me first? Have I stolen by neglecting to help take care of my neighbor's property, possessions, or earnings? Have I been lazy at work or school and not fulfilled my duties in a faithful manner? Do I accept pay even when I have not done a satisfactory job or not done the job at all? Have I been stingy with paying those who work under me? Do I demand unreasonable payment for poor work? Have I stolen information? Have I overcharged for goods I sell? Do I simply sell for my own gain, not caring for the need of the neighbor? Have I wasted food? Have I cheated on my taxes? Have I supported my neighbor with by all means available to me? Have I kept something that was borrowed or found? Have I damaged another person's property? Have I given offerings as I was able for the needy, for collections, for the church and for missions? You can see there's all sorts of things that get raised here in regards to the seventh commandment and our keeping it or not. When Martin Luther explained the commandments in the small catechism, he generally gave two sides of what it would mean to keep that commandment. The first side is what we should not do, sins of commission, prohibited action, so that we do not take our neighbors money or goods nor get them in any dishonest way. The second side is what we could call the sin of omission. What we should do, our obligations, help him to improve and protect his goods and means of making a living. Both prohibition and obligation are included in what it means to fear and love God. Now, as we grow in our understanding of the extent of the impact of the law on our lives, we see how impossible it is for us to keep the law perfectly. Perfection means never doing what is prohibited, always doing what is obligated, and always from a cheerful heart. And so when God says, you shall not steal, what we see is that we do steal a lot. A right understanding of this commandment includes knowing what property is. One definition is that all the material gifts uh, God has given you over which he has appointed you a steward. And then material gifts themselves are many and varied in our lives. They are the tangible items that we've bought or been given, and we are stewards of them all. But then what does it mean to be a steward? Well, it means uh, to use all that you are and have in service to God and to your neighbor. So if we put the meaning of those two terms together, we see that the material gifts God has given us are to be used in serving God and our neighbor. Then we hear words like John in his first letter, whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? In the Sermon on the Mount, our Lord said, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. When our property becomes our source of identity and security, we've replaced God with another God, property. We've chosen a master that is not the true God, replacing him with a God that cannot last. We learn that the sins against the seventh commandment are finally sins against the first commandment. You shall have no other gods. Our gods are shown to be the things we have in this life, the material goods, the money, and so on. We will use them to advance ourselves at the expense of our neighbors. We will put our trust in these things, content when there is enough, and praising ourselves for doing so well, and discontent when there is not and cursing God for not providing what we want. This holy season of Lent is tailor-made for the likes of us. Seeing our trust in God deflected into trusting things of this world, selfishly hoarding our treasure, unwilling to see the needs others have for our compassion, our mercy, our charity. It is a time for renewal, and for cleansing for us all, a time of repentance, a time for our hearts to turn from a love for things that do not last to the righteousness, the true holiness of our Savior, that free gift of our salvation. Our Savior came to cover our sin of not caring for our neighbor's goods by being the perfect neighbor, giving even his life for the likes of you and me so great is his love for this world and for every one of you. saint paul wrote you know the grace of our lord jesus christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor that you through his poverty might become rich true riches are in christ alone a treasure that lasts that nothing can destroy. It is a treasure given to you as you hear and believe his word of pardon. Your sin is forgiven. You are free. You are God's own child through faith in Jesus Christ. God grant you such faith always in Jesus name, amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever, amen.